This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on What the Hack, we explore the world of online romance, lucrative investments, and the scammers who cheat people out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Learn how you can avoid falling into the same trap. Oh man, I can barely move. I ate like a pig all weekend. Oh, were you getting ready for a little pig butchering out of somebody feeding you? Actually, a few people did send me email that definitely felt a lot like pig butchering, but why don't you guys tell us what it's all about? Sure. Um, pig butchering is a, uh, it's a scam. It's a process. It describes a process whereby the scammer pretty much fattens up their victim for slaughter. They do it in a number of ways. Uh, Travis, I guess the primary one is romance, right? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, typically instigated online through uh, social media accounts. Yeah, it's often on dating apps, but it doesn't have to be there. It could be on Facebook. It could be actually just stra a straight text where the scammer has figured out what your cell phone number is, and they begin the process there. There are some familiar beats to a pig butchering scam. Yeah, they, they get way familiar way too fast. One day you meet them, the next day they either want you to have their child or they want to have yours. Well, okay, clearly you've never been pig, pig butchered, but it's it's not quite that fast. Um, <laughs> there, there's a there's a process to it, but it does, it, it does, there's a feeling of being, you've heard it on the show before, charisma bombed, where the person who is communicating with you seems to know the right thing to say at every turn, and uh, and it's charming. Yeah, it's sort of like you're in a uh, Meg Ryan movie where you have this perfect meat cute. <laughs> Travis, have you been in many Meg Ryan movies? Oh, I've always been in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they're looking for is to, to move in for the kill. They want either your money, your information, or to get you involved in some kind of crazy cryptocurrency investment scheme. Well, a lot of scams will try to do all those things and more. What, what separates pig butchering and what makes it a, a thing unto itself is that there's usually several hits on these scams and they're going to give money back to you. Part of the pig butchering scam world involves the illusion that you are doing well when in fact you are being set up to be destroyed. And well in this case means either in love or in finances or in both. And today's story is an excellent example. It's perhaps the best example of pig butchery we've ever seen. Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people that go after. I'm Adam Levin. I'm Beau Friedlander. And I'm Travis Taylor. And today's story comes from Shreya Datta, a victim who lost $450,000 to this scam. Shreya, we really appreciate you being on the show, and we know that you've been through a lot. What happened? I'd been divorced for two and a half years. I had taken the time to heal. My divorce was trauma traumatic, and I had been traveling for two years. I had just moved back to my, an apartment in Philadelphia, and uh, I had started to go on dating apps. 
like any person in their mid thirties, I felt a lot of pressure to be paired up, have children, you know, start my own family. I've always wanted these things. So even though the romantic in me doesn't believe that dating apps are an amazing way to meet a person, I understood that they're the only way I'm probably going to meet anyone. I matched with this person on Hinge, the app, the dating app. At the time, I was traveling. And we started talking on this app and very quickly he moved the conversation to WhatsApp, which I didn't think anything of. A lot of people move very quickly from the app to text or whatever. We made plans to meet as soon as I would come back to to Philly and his location on the app was set as Philly. The story he gave me was he was a, a French wine trader. He had moved to this country three years back. And he was getting over, he had just gotten over this very traumatic breakup he'd had and he was looking for something long term. The conversations were very smooth and easy going, like a regular start. We got to know each other uh, through the lens of hobbies and shared interests and things like that. And uh, that morphed into three months of some sort of a long distance relationship. It sounds like this was the start of a typical relationship. It was very very refreshing because I thought that I had finally met a high quality interesting man with a lot of shared interests this was someone I could fall for because it was nothing like my other experiences on dating apps where you know very short transient type of you know interactions not much depth so this came across like a refreshing change a polite well-mannered person who's empathetic kind has all the qualities I look for who is really into me, the amount of compliments and flattery was also amazing. I felt good about myself. We said I love yous and you know, it was a full-blown relationship in a, within two months. It escalated very quickly. Did you call him your boyfriend? Kinda, yeah. Like, uh, you know, the, the mom, dad meet my boyfriend, that didn't happen. But when I would talk to a friend, they'd be like, I met someone really nice, I think he's my person. I, could, I didn't use the word boyfriend maybe as much. But in my head, I had found a person I could be with. He was even talking about moving closer to each other, the amount of future visioning. Like, he was talking about all these future things. But unfortunately, you're not on the show today to tell us about meeting your future partner. Something else happened, didn't it? You know, I believe that if you're a good person, good things will come your way. But that's not what happened, is it? I found out he was a fraud. This was a scam. I felt very hurt and violated. But when I figured out it wasn't even a person, I felt like, what kind of world do we live in? Like, you know, as a trusting, like nothing so bad had happened to me. I'm, I had a positive outlook about the world. It shook my belief system about everything I knew. Do I know anything? Do I know if black is black and white is white or up is down or anything? Can I even trust my decision-making process? So it it turned my world upside down. Okay, this is really unsettling. We hear about a lot of romance scams on our show, and these fake profiles are all over dating apps. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And in your story, it wasn't just a heartbreak. Something more happened, didn't it? I got scammed out of a lot of uh, money in between. I felt a lot of intense self-loathing, guilt and shame the first couple of days when I went, you know, realized I'd been scammed. Looking back, there were all these red flags, but if, you're, if you have no context about 
such a scam even being a thing i didn't know i wasn't reading the news about the types of scams out there before i went on a dating app i just didn't see them and that's not uncommon and you know you're you're looking for something good you're optimistic you're romantic you just don't see it a lot of people when you tell them the story that you got scammed a lot of people will tell you how could you that i that, that can't happen to me that was stupid of you but i know better i know how how messed up that was like you know i i've been able to release some of the self-loathing and guilt as i have understood the nature of this scam so here's the deal i use yahoo finance i use it to make money because it works not just because they're a sponsor of the show heck i've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor i do a lot of investing and i need to make split second financial decisions and that's where yahoo finance comes in I trade stocks and I trade options and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. So, Bo and Adam, you guys know I'm a bit of a uh, privacy geek, if you will. Oh yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, totally. I, I really just don't like the idea that just about anyone can find you online, can find out where you live or your email address, or your phone number, or anything. I just think that entire idea is super creepy. There's so much of my data already out there, but is there something that you can do? Yeah, actually, you can use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that pretty much does the heavy lifting for you, where they go to all the data brokers that they have on file. And uh, just pull your data and delete it on a regular basis. I use it. I like it, and they make it quick, easy, and safe to remove your personal data online. Well, yeah, with these data brokers, they can accumulate huge amounts of your personally identifiable information. And if all that information gets into the hands of a bad actor, that opens you up to a lot of risk. And if you act now, you can get twenty percent off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com/wth and use promo code. WTH. The only way to get twenty percent off is to go to joindeleteme.com/wth and enter promo code WTH at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com/wth promo code WTH, which stands for What the Hack. And we thank you for supporting Delete Me and What the Hack. Shreya, we've heard how you met your scammer on Hinge. But how did it go from falling in love to falling apart? He gave me a lot of time and attention. I had never gotten this kind of time and attention from any any romantic start even in my life. When we started texting, he would start texting me in the morning, and then we would text all the time constantly. He told me he was very shy, but we did a couple of phone conversations. But mostly we texted because he said he preferred it that way. And I am also kind of shy in this romantic sex context, so I was okay with texting. So a lot of texts, a lot of interest in what I was doing, what I was thinking. You know, he got my trust that way. When I finished my travels after ten days of texting, I came back to Philadelphia. He wanted to set up some time to meet, but it didn't work out that week for whatever reason. I, I think uh, he was getting ready to travel, and I was jet lagged. 
and then he started he said he was going to go on a business trip to california he'd be back in two weeks but we're going to meet each other we're going to have our first date long story short he kept making good reasons to like not meet me and planning elaborate meetings every one or two weeks and uh, after his business trip he was supposed to meet his family he had an uncle in california who was not doing so well health wise and he said he's going to take his uncle to the doctor and turns out you know his uncle got a cancer diagnosis so now he's going to need to stay longer so without my intention to get into a long distance relationship it just kind of morphed into one where he kept giving me one reason or the other to where he was unable to meet one time he even made me take a week vacation because we were going to go on this trip and he bailed uh, last minute so he was constantly selling me on this fantasy of us being like he's from philly is going to come back soon it kept becoming a more and more intense long distance relationship and he got my trust just by just by being there all the time constant texting love bombing is what they call it mm. i guess so a lot of love bombing what seemed like genuine interest in what i was thinking a lot of deep deep conversations about about life about his experiences uh, What qualities about him seemed to draw you in at first? Oh, the fact that we had a shared immigrant story that was attractive to me. I'm an immigrant. He seemed very empathetic and he was very polite. Normally on dating apps, you know, everybody's talking to everybody. So in the beginning it seems like people are ADDing all over the place, you know, conversations start and then they don't go anywhere. But this guy seemed to be really focused on talking to me. He asked a lot of good questions. Seemed like a patient listener. He had some of the same interests I had. Very philosophical, deeply romantic, spiritual. I really enjoyed the conversations, and he had a very nice backstory about his origins in France. What what made him decide to come to America? Why he liked it here? So we really bonded on a lot of immigrant immigrant stuff. Yeah. As you look back, was one of the red flags. this sort of doting attention or was it or or was that just uh, was that just a welcome in, in after a divorce you know what looking back there were lots of red flags but when when i was in it i didn't notice it as such because i tend to be kind of like a dreamy optimistic romantic type of person so when confronted with that kind of attention i was my thoughts were Oh wow! Someone's really into me, and they know what they want, and we obviously seem to like each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, he got me in a space where I ended up sharing a lot about my vulnerabilities, my emotional landscape, you know, things I'd been through. So there's some sort of trust that got built by sharing these like deep, you know, trauma stories or stories about our past, or yeah. So that definitely helped me trust him more because, you know, usually like. I never thought it was a scam because in my mind scams are short and quick the amount of investment of time and effort that went into this person's winning my trust was quite a lot and I mistook that for serious romantic intention yeah how many times during the day would you actually communicate with him oh my god constantly so that my day would start with a good morning message it was very poetic and beautiful beautifully written and then throughout the day when I was working it would be like some of them would be real time when i had breaks in between meetings or whatever but it was constant from morning till i went to bed this guy was in my life shreya how did this lead to a request for money 
Did he ask you to help with the cancer treatments for his uncle or what? No. So this was very sophisticated. So not for a second, I thought I was giving this guy any money. So here's how it started. He started talking about like shared hopes and dreams. Like he was serious and just had to talk about retirement plans. Very quickly, he led on that he was really well to do. Like he was going to be able to retire in one or two years. What was my plan? I have a regular tech job. I told him that was not in the realm of possibility for me. At which point he said, you know, dream bigger. I'm here. Now that I'm here, you know, I make a lot of money trading cryptocurrency. I could teach you. And then I was like, I'm not really interested. But then as he kept talking more and more about shared dreams, about how nice it would be to have this freedom and flexibility to retire earlier, travel more together. One of our common hobbies was traveling. I had taken two years off to just travel the, not off, but as a digital nomad to travel the country. So we talked a lot about traveling. So I decided I would learn. So he sent me, he said, oh, it's completely okay. Start small. This is your own account. It's your money. You know, I'm just going to teach you what to, what kind of trades I make. So he sent me this link to this app and I thought I downloaded what I thought was SoFi, the publicly listed bank crypto trading platform but turns out it was the mirror app so so just for our listeners you're saying that this person directed you to an app to invest in uh on a platform that was itself completely fraudulent but very very believable nothing about it was real it just looked very real to me uh, it had customer service, all the branding, all the logos, everything that you would think of. And the first couple of times, you know, I put in a thousand dollars, thousand became twelve hundred fifty. I I could bring all my money back to my bank. So the money went from my bank to Coinbase to this exchange. The fact that Coinbase let me transfer to this exchange made me feel like, okay, this is okay. It's Sophie's cryptocurrency platform. And the fact that I could transfer back from this exchange to Coinbase to my bank account the first couple of times really helped me feel like this is real and this is my money in my account and what a nice person. He's just teaching me how to accelerate my retirement plans. That's how the money part of it started. But I never thought I was giving him my money. I thought it was my money in my own account and this had two-factor authentication and everything behind it too. So... This sounds like it was a really sophisticated scam overall. Yes. You could transfer the money that you made to your bank account and you actually saw the money there? Mm -hmm. Well, that reminds me of Three Card Monty, the way that they play these tricks on the street where you win, you win, you win, you win, and then they flip a switch and you start losing. What, what happened in this process? So I'm guessing you didn't keep winning all the time? No, here's the thing. So the first couple of transactions, I got my money back. And then he started telling me that there's these things called large stable notes, which in crypto world means something like a investment opportunity that's short-lived. And I needed to build a certain amount of capital in this trading account, this crypto trading account, so that I could take advantage of it. So I started putting in more of my savings into this crypto trading account. And uh, he would set up like, you know, at night, he would set up his times where he would be like, okay, now we trade. He'll tell me exactly what trades to make. So buy this much for five, five minutes by, you know, so he'd tell me what to do. And I would do exactly that in the app. And I would see my money multiply. Like I would see like, okay, I put in 20,000 today. 
it became you know twenty eight thousand. So and what happened was after a while, I did not start putting it back in my bank account. He encouraged me to build the balance up so that I could make bigger trades. I realized it was a scam when after I had built up a lot of capital and made a lot of gain, I lost four fifty thousand. You said the total amount was four hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. What was the timeline here? How long did that take? Three months. I realized it was a scam after three months. In this fake bank, my four fifty thousand was nine hundred and ninety eight thousand. So when I tried to withdraw it, it started asking me for a ten percent fee. And at that point, I started getting suspicious because it hadn't done that the first couple of times I had withdrawn it. Not that I'm a super savvy investor, but I do know like most trading platforms won't freeze your assets. They would like net off any fees and let you withdraw the money. And this was asking me to pay at that time fifty five grand more to withdraw my money. And at this point, I start getting very suspicious. I contact my brother, who is a lawyer in London, and I start talking about it. And he's like, you know, I had been, I had started talking to him about it. A week back too, but even he didn't suspect anything in the beginning because I was talking to this guy. I was telling my family how happy I was. I finally met someone nice, and I was telling my brother that look, this is my. I used to even send him screenshots. This is like so much money I have in this this trading account, and I'm really learning a lot about how to invest. And my brother was like, oh, just be careful, but looks legit. And when I told him about the fifty five k, the alarm bells started going off for him too. He started. He did a. He asked me to send me a picture of this person. Now, this person didn't just talk to me constantly. He would send me pictures and videos of himself doing this, you know, doing doing his life. So it even seemed like not for a second I doubted that this was not a real person. I had lot, I have lots and lots of pictures and videos of this person. Things like little things like I'm eating and I'm taking a walk here and my dog and you know, just stuff he would tell me about his day would be in, a lot of it would come to me in pictures and videos. I sent a picture to my brother. He does a Reverse image look up and turns out the photo belongs to some guy in Germany with a completely different name and completely different public Instagram account. And at that point, I realized I have been scammed. Wow! And he used Travis's favorite trick, Shreya, which is the <laughs> reverse image, First. which I, which I swear, Shreya, I swore up and down was not a functioning thing. I was like, yeah, you keep saying that, but it doesn't actually work. But it does work. Not all of the 450k was my savings. Some of it was loans too. When I was seeing the gains with the savings I had, he started talking about how this is wonderful. You know, in two years maybe I can like go traveling with him. It'll be so great. And then I need more capital. I'm like, I don't have any more savings to take from take bank on. Then he kind of convinced me to like break my 401k and take loans out and. At the time when I did all this in that fake bank, I already had enough money to cover the loans and the gains I had made in the past. And the script was something like this: like take your take the loans or just pay it back in two three days. That's how I did it too, you know. And uh, I took some loans out, and now I'm faced with the grim prospect of paying them back in the next couple of years. Uh, but I'm wondering if this is a fallen angel from a legitimate job in investment financement, financing investments who has gone to the dark side. I mean, what was your sense of this when you when you started to do the research? You know what? It's very interesting you say that because even from my my own psychology, I like I wanted to think of it as a person, but apparently this this big butchery scam is more 
well known for law enforcement organizations and you know the people in secret service that i spoke to the pe- people in various law enforcement agencies that i reported to they basically said these are actual professional organizations probably running out of the cambodia area or north africa wherever uh, where there is very little uh, law enforcement that can be done from the us and they not only know how to they they understand human psychology what would happen to me was some sort of psychological hacking and the script is so powerful because it puts you in this romantic trusted space where you have all your happy hormones your endorphins you know in flooding your nervous system and then you're making all these investments together you're being sold on this shared future you're falling in love you fall for the person and you're making a ton of money so your normal risk taking decision making process stops working this person isolates you puts you in a bubble and then you end up doing things you wouldn't normally do i'm not a risk taker in my personal life i've never even gotten a speeding ticket and i'm not that so i found my looking back i don't understand how i did what i did it almost seems like i was kind of in a trance but this is not just my experience it's the experience of many other victims as well it's it's shocking how good this script is the script has worked on hundreds and thousands of people i mean it 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 works it's awful but it works the vicious scam so you mentioned the script what what is yeah. the script when i say script after i got scammed i looked up fake butchering crypto romance if you search for it there's a lot of documentation about it so these or i was not scammed by a person i was scammed by an organization and getting someone to trust trust a person by meeting them on a dating app or on linkedin by you know love bombing and you know bringing them to this trusted romantic space talking about your day the food you ate making up reasons to not meet but keeping you very engaging in a very intense romance encouraging you teaching you how to trade uh, on this on crypto trading platform this seems to be a part of a script that is not just applied on me one off it's been applied on all these other people who also lost money this way i think the last stats i read was since 2021 the country has lost 3.2 billion to this exact type of scam there's maybe like 70 to 100000 people like me who on an average lose 110 to 130k some even lose a lot more i was on the higher end the term pig butchering comes from the fact that you fatten up the pig before you butcher it so there is this in part in the storyline always is a period where they encourage you to put a lot of money in this account at once so that you don't withdraw it because they get tell you some story about how this is a great investment opportunity and you need to raise capital and uh, you so it's a standard script like you know it has varying degrees of penetration for different types of people i caught it in 3 months some people catch it later some people catch it sooner it depends on when you try to withdraw a large amount of money from this platform then you get hit with this 10% fee and at that point for some people the alarm bells go off and like me they realize they've been in a scam some people try to pay that fee and what i understand is you know you never get your money back these people just disappear on you in my case my scammer has no idea that i went public clearly is not in the country he's still texting me trying to get this money you have to think about it as it's a formula and the formula works yeah yeah and they they use the formula as a it's like their training ground for their own people and i'm sure that they've refined the formula Absolutely. as they see more and more people oh reacting. my god 
inside the script and i this person pretended to loan me 120 grand of money and i thought wow he's like oh you i know you're having trouble getting capital but i'm well to do here you know i'll, I'll help you and i was so grateful but later on i realized this is also part of the script to gain trust it wasn't real money it was just money in this in this you know fake trading platform it was a fake casino with fake chips and you were being given some chips to gamble at the table yeah yeah how were you connecting to the app was it like a mobile app or a desktop or? it was like an app it was a mobile app mm-hmm. person sent me a link and then i clicked on the link and i was using the web interface for a bit and then right. he said yeah you know they're testing this app i'll teach you how to put put the app on your phone and looking back this was a red flag when you figured it out what did you do did you report it to the police immediately when i figured it out but I had a couple of things to do. My financial situation was looking very dire because these loans needed to be paid back. So I had to make sure that my money was okay. I was talking to bankruptcy lawyers. I thought I might need to file for bankruptcy. Then I immediately tried to do report to law enforcement and that can be very complicated because local PD doesn't view cryptocurrency as something they necessarily deal with. They'll take your report and then they will say go file a complaint with FBI. FBI's process is this IC3 form. You file this complaint, you may never hear back. I don't know for sure to what extent FBI has made progress on my case. I know that I've been told they are investigating by the local PD who now says that it is out of his jurisdiction. He has no updates. FBI is investigating this. Then I reported you to report it to your state's office of the attorney general, so I reported it to Pennsylvania office of the attorney general. and to be honest you know they can do follow up if they, if it was a regular crime they could do something but with cryptocurrency they are out of their depths too so they will they also told me like the fbi is working on your case we can tell you the fbi is working on your case then i reported it to the secret service then i filled out every other form with the you know commodities and trade commission homeland security whatever avenues are there to report i reported on it but it's this kind of crime the money leaves the country within 48 hours and once it leaves the country very difficult to get it back and other than the fbi no law enforcement agency can go after crypto crypto tracking a lot of people who are scammed are further scammed by organizations that tell you that they can get your cryptocurrency money back but scams are scams in themselves so It's a slippery slope to recover it. At this point, I have very limited hope that I'll ever get back the money. But I have done everything I could to report it to law enforcement right after I found out, so that you know I have my best odds. Yeah. Well, you've done a staggering amount of work on this, without question. And it's also true, once the FBI and federal agencies get involved, that's the end of the jurisdiction for local law enforcement agencies. Yeah. So, I imagine you. must have told some of the places where you borrowed money what happened was there any recourse there or are they just like too sorry for you or this is very sad you know but this is why my heart goes out to people uh, other victims and i'm experiencing this this is the law enforcement gap law enforcement recognizes this as fraud and theft but there is no laws that protect the victim from it so the bank will tell you you authorized this transaction the fact that you were manipulated or coerced doesn't give them the ability to you know rule a dispute in your favor coinbase which i really feel like is the organization that i can most blame 
they're supposed to have machine learning and AI that detects this fake platform. But they let me transfer money to this place for three months. And right before I found out I was scammed, they sent me a note saying, oh, by the way, that that was a fraudulent exchange. But I can't really do anything because they put all these disclaimers that, you know, they are not responsible for any any crypto, you know, I should be very, all all people who do cryptocurrency trading should only do it with trusted, if they really trust the situation. But I thought I was in a trusting situation too, but I have no protection from Coinbase. And the fake, the fake exchange is no longer accessible. They took it down, I don't know, the investigation took it down or they moved on or whatever. But, you know, up until 15 days back, I could show you the app where this fake money was. But now I have no access to it. So I have no protection from it. There is no legal protection. There is no financial protection. There is just, it it, it is a very isolating, scary place to be. Uh, In fact, I'm one of the more fortunate victims. I have a well-paying corporate job. I've had to, and my, I'm very lucky. My parents just about gave me enough money to avoid bankruptcy. So now I'm in a situation where after making trade, but the, Severe, you know, life situation changes. I've downgraded my living to pretty much student-like. I have avoided bankruptcy and I can keep doing my job. In a couple of years, I'll dig myself out of this financial hole. But I've heard heartbreaking stories about other victims who have lost everything. They had elderly parents to take care of, bills to pay, kids' college education on the line. A lot of suicides have happened. And a lot of people feel so much shame and guilt they don't even report this type of crime. But the thing is that the only way that we're going to be able to get a handle on this is more and more people have to report it. And also there has to be legislation in this country. Uh, and, and as you know, there's an enormous effort yeah. for government agencies now to do more regulation of cryptocurrency transactions. And that's even the legitimate cryptocurrency transactions. Honestly, lawmakers are very behind on this. A person who trains law enforcement contacted me after I went public and they said that they're focusing on all other types of crimes. The technology that the criminals use is way more advanced than the technology the law enforcement has. Even FBI has to investigate it. Get this, the FBI won't even touch these type of frauds till they're above 300k. The average fraud in this type of scam is like less than 100k. So there's all these people out there who just submitted a form, never heard back from anybody. I'm still a larger value loss. So yeah, maybe the FBI is investigating it. So law enforcement is not prepared and very behind. This is why like, you know, how quiet is this crime? Like 3.2 billion have been lost in three years, but two to three years, but no one's heard about it. Between the victims keeping quiet and not reporting it, lack of awareness in law enforcement and lack of laws and the shame and the guilt that victims feel like, you know, this is the perfect crime. The criminals are nameless, stateless, can't be caught, and the victims have no protection. They really have found a way to take money out of America. Shreya, you have just done the elevator pitch for the book you're about to write. I wish you great luck in doing that. I got to monetize, well, I got to monetize my trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pay off the loans, monetize the trauma. <laughs> So now once everything's said and done, what have you done to protect yourself from uh, scams and uh, what advice do you have, if any, for others? 
in terms of advice for romance scams is like you know okay like my belief is we could all be more vigilant but in today's world with technology there is a scam for everybody it just requires someone finding out your weak spot somebody else maybe wouldn't have fallen for this exact type of scam but there's so many different types of scams that you know intelligent smart people can fall for in terms of romance scams you know if a person if you meet someone online and it gets too intense and too serious too soon and you haven't met them in person yet it's a red flag even if they start talking about money you know how much money they have how much money you should be having not it's a red flag you know and uh, i think being so trust trust is an earned concept a person like me is too trust i'm a very trusting person in my life i haven't been slapped down for being trusting as much as i've been in this camp but for me personally i learned in my own psychology that you know i need to be more aware that not everybody has good intentions trust is an earned concept just because i feel good and i have a good feeling i shouldn't give my trust to another person it is an earned concept so you know these three things in online dating don't try to meet a person as soon as possible don't even talk about anything like money for a good 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 while and get suspicious if you feel love bomb too soon and some of the other red flags i had is this person's english seemed a bit off but then they told me that they were a recent immigrant and completely french speaking in france and they had just recently learned english so like uh i think reverse image look up uh i hate being i hate saying this but maybe some you know some proof of a person's identity would be nice to have if you meet them you can be sure that they're real but if you still feel like compelled to go forward uh, talking to them online then you know in my case it had the video calls been longer had i insisted on some sort of like ways to identify this like, you know prove that they are real maybe i could have avoided the scam but i'm a trusting person i didn't do that so look for proof that this person is real i wish dating apps would have like two factor authentication like banks do because at the end of the day you're trying to tell me that i'm going to find someone there so you have an obligation to make sure that that someone is a real person in my case this person that i was talking to didn't exist was made up by an organization with media from other places and a very planned compelling storyline so yeah dating apps linkedin these are places where most of this kind of scams are happening and maybe more verification that you know is this person real can how do i know that they are real yeah. well you're a, you're a survivor you're a survivor and that's important to understand and yes, and yes. that you're not alone yeah well just yeah, it's so you. strong though i mean it takes an incredible amount of strength to tell your story and i am astounded by the strength you've shown in this interview. Shreya, thank you so much for joining us and telling your story today. Thank you, Adam. It was my pleasure. I hope this story reaches people before they find themselves in a situation like I found myself in. Wow, you are a pro. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a public speaking type of job. <laughs> you're, to <work> a, <laughs> you're a pro. Let 
Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rogue Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rogue's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. Okay, guys, it is time for the tinfoil swan. Our paranoid takeaway to keep you safe on and offline. Okay, Mr. Indeed, what is it this week? Um, we, we recommended a few episodes back that anyone who's been targeted by an identity theft scam or uh, any other kind of scam should probably seek out some sort of mental health resource in addition to uh, legal resources. But I thought it would be a good idea to offer a caveat about where they should go. A caveat, eh? Why just say it in plain English, Mr. Travis? Well, a lot of people use mental health apps instead of seeing a real-life therapist. And it's not just for therapy. There are mental health apps for meditation, spiritual guidance. Well, yeah, I don't know if I lump them all together, but fine. Not all made alike, okay? Some of them are pretty sketchy when it comes to privacy. In fact, there's been a lot of reports about it. So if you combine the two, being mental health and mobile apps, you may end up sharing some deeply personal information with a lot more people and a lot more companies than you really want to. Really, any sort of app that's supposed to help your health isn't bound by the same protections as seeing a doctor or a medical professional. Even workout apps can collect and share sensitive health information. Okay, so, you know, I think someone may take away that they just shouldn't use these mental health apps. And I would argue that there is a case for that. I, in fact, had to go do some therapy around a really horrible thing that happened in my life recently. I got a lot of help. But one of the things that the therapist I, I actually ended up hiring uh, needed to prove was that he wasn't using these mental health apps and that he was going to just invoice me pen and paper because I don't want my uh, data out there. I don't want people getting it. So uh, what do you tell people who have those kind of concerns? I mean, overall, it's something where really anyone seeking out uh, mental health uh, assistance or not doing it at all on the basis of privacy, I would still have to err on the side of uh, seeking out the help. Yeah, no, I think that that's true. And you are, in this day and age, going to be making a compromise on your privacy. But if it's a life and death situation, then you know what? You're going to either have to save your ass or your face. But what's really important, like with any app, is you got to do your homework. Yeah, I mean, privacy policies are usually best. No one can really make sense of them. But fortunately, there is a good resource out there for mental health apps that's been uh, put up by the Mozilla Foundation. Wait, isn't that the place that makes Firefox browsers? Yep. It's called Privacy Not Included. And what they do is they uh, read through the privacy policies and data collection policies of a bunch of the most popular mental health apps out there. And they let you know which ones are privacy friendly and which ones are a complete no-go. 
They also tell you why by breaking the privacy policies down into plain English instead of legalese, and they uh, explain the red flags. Don't they do this for toys too? Yeah, there's a annual list that they release every year around the holidays of the most uh, privacy-friendly uh, gifts for kids that are internet-connected. It's like a privacy-centric consumer reports. So where should people go? We'll put the link up to it on adamlevin.com, but people can just go to foundation.mozilla, and that's M-O-Z-I-L-L-A dot org. Or you can just search for a privacy not included and it should take you right there. Sounds like a good resource. It almost sounds like one of my passwords. Anyway, that's our <laughs> tinfoil swan. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. You can find us online at adamlevin.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.